uh, it's my take on on uh, well for me songwriting you know and the, and the in the business of being a singer songwriter or being a performer or being an artist of any kind um, and our misguided definitions at times of what success is and what it is not. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of my little shout out to all my fellow songwriters there. That, uh, you know, I, it, we're struggling, but we do it cause we love it. So. Day podcast radio show with Bruce Hilliard today and every day, reaching out for innovative ideas in every way. Yeah, Today's show yeah. is brought to you by your future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. Everybody, it's Bruce Hilliard on a Saturday, May 7th. It's kind of haley outside, but I don't care. I'm inside talking to you on a microphone. Today's guest is Phil Tittle. He is a singer-songwriter based out of Pensacola, Florida. His music has traces of blues, country, rock, and singer-songwriter influence that fit nicely into the Americana genre. I love the Americana as opposed to Canadicana and Tijuanacana. I love this song. Tell us about Cardboard Cowboy. I think I kind of got the idea of watching um, Yellowstone and uh, just kind of fascinated by the whole aspect of the, uh, the, you know, the demise of the American cowboy and, and the old West and sort of what, what happened. I'm a uh, huge Mark Knopfler fan. I like how he, uh, not just his guitar playing, but I like how he writes songs about people and places. Uh, you know, he wrote about the, guys who did the Mason Dixon line, uh, Ray Kroc, I mean, and on. So I, I, I take a little bit of a page from him. I, I try to write some stuff that's more uh, true to life, I guess. You're right. An excellent guitar player, but yeah, what a writer. And <laughs> why is he writing about American stuff? <laughs> He's English. Right. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah, I know. I, I, I think the first time... Well, I guess with the Mason Dixon line, I guess, and I didn't know this. It's pretty sad. I'm getting my American history from a, a British rock star, but uh, yeah. I didn't realize they were from from Europe. So that was kind of fascinating. But uh, yeah, writing about Ray Kroc and uh, uh, Sonny Liston, and you know, I mean, just I, I, I like stuff like that, and I, I and I find myself doing it sometimes as well when I see something in history that kind of interesting i'll start putting it to a tune um i guess that makes me a folk folk <laughs> whatever the definition is yeah you know yeah. when you sign up for something and they ask your genre i'm always i know i don't know anymore <laughs> then they have a list of 500 you know 450 yeah. of them i've never heard of yeah you just play it safe now you say i'm americana that seems to just about cover everything that, that's thing, the so. catch-all yeah and nobody can define what that is either so okay whatever i'm good with that let's count the song off let's play some music yeah exactly yeah <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that was uh, that. I had a lot of fun with that song in the studio. I felt bad for the guy drumming because, uh, you know, he he actually he was also the the producer. But um, you know, he had never heard the song. We were trying to learn it. And it was a uh, it was more in a style he wasn't really uh, used to or comfortable with. So we spent a lot of time just trying to kind of figure out how to approach that one. But uh, 
but it, it came out the way it came out. I actually kind of liked it. So, uh, you know, a little bit different. I played it up at the Commodore in Nashville maybe a month or two ago, and some lady came up to me afterwards and said, I'm from, you know, Wyoming, and I lived in Montana, and, and that song, everything in that song was so true, you know, and I'm like, well, that's cool. Somebody actually was listening to the words, and, um, you know, it resonated with them. So. An old cardboard cowboy, like one you see the run down by the time. Weathered by the midday sun, too far gone as a hired gun, a discarded relic of bygone time. One dimension of who he used to be, rough outline of the man you see. Oh, you should have seen him in his prime. Oh, you should have seen him in his prime. Montana sky, look down those lucky strikes. Now, like mountain there's hairs growing thin, the stubble's getting wider on his chisel chin. He hasn't felt the ground boom like thunder since he can remember when. The old man say it started in the winter of '86. Branches fell like cedar pine under the weight of politics. First came the barbed wire dividing up the plains. Then came miles of track moving cattle cars on trains. Revelation that he faced the native shock of losing his domain. He's just an old cardboard cowboy. One you see the run down by the time Weathered by the midday sun Too far gone as a hired gun A discarded relic by dawn time One mention of who he used to be Rough outline of the man you see Oh, you should have seen him in his prime Oh, you should have seen him in his prime
one song um and then i did another one that one dreams and uh honestly that one i just it just sort of i don't know like most songs i'm sure as a songwriter you can identify it you, you sit down one day and things just start coming out of you and uh, uh you know you, you don't know where it comes from but you like it and, and uh you go in the studio and you record it yeah that's the thing you can't explain to somebody that doesn't write songs is I don't know where it came right. from. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I, and, and that one, that particular song, The, the Dreams, um, you know, I, I always tend to write with, like, in my head with a, a full band kind of backing me, so I knew it was going to be a little more up-tempo, but the lyrics on that one are, are definitely a departure from, you know, they're a little cryptic, but I had a lot of fun with it, you know, just sort of, uh, it's my take on... on uh, well, for me, songwriting, you know, in the, in, the, in the business of being a singer-songwriter or being a performer or being an artist of any kind um, and our misguided definitions at times of what success is and what it is not. Uh, so, yeah, that was kind of my little shout-out to all my fellow songwriters there. With, uh, you know, we're struggling, but we do it because we love it. Taking everything I got and left it in a parking lot You know the one for broken dreams Forget all about the promised land A parlor trick, a slide of hand Just another bait switch, it seems Chasing castles in the sky Success is just a contact eye Just another party for a rented costume Never knowing what to say Someone always has a better way But I'm still the biggest critic in the room Where's it all leading to? Dead ends all the burned out bridges and the walls I'm breaking through Do you know my name at all? Are the voices in my head just mine when I hear their beg and call? Maybe my heart needs mine's eye point of view I wish I knew I wish I knew Burned out bridges and walls I'm breaking through Do you know my name? 
What's that one about? Uh, <laughs> broken was uh, broken was my pleading. With, God shows up in a lot of my songs sometimes when I when I really just want to write a song where I can lay down a cool solo with a Les Paul or something and have something just cool and and I sit down and then God shows up and pretty soon I'm writing about you know my faith and and. And, and God and everything else, and that was one of those instances where I uh, I was going through a, a, a period of time where I was I don't know if I was pissed off at God or I was uh, or maybe I was just begging for some forgiveness. But that was the song that came out of it was uh, was just asking God, look, I, I'm never gonna be. I'm never going to be a, a better man than I am now. I'm a broken man. So if you're going to use me, just use me, you know, as a broken guy and I'll do my best I can for you. And that was the song that came out. And I did have a lot of fun uh, with that one in the studio. I want to scream your name from the highest mountain But I can barely push the sound coming off my lips I wanna run just to find you in the distance Step I take proceeds my next slip. So I drop down on my knees where I turn my prayers to please. Can you hear the words I've left unspoken? Please find a way to use me if I'm broken.
stuff there <laughs> it's it's really great i'm glad to see that you're doing that i always encourage people to take up any hobby but i think writing in general but songwriting is really special i think and people that do it know what i'm talking about yeah i think uh you know i mean i even as a kid i remember writing poems and um on into adulthood just sometimes i would write poems or i had a a friend, when I was a young adult, I would always write, a, write her a, a Christmas card, like a Christmas poem, but make it funny. And yeah. so I just always kind of enjoyed playing with words and and language. And once I got kind of confident with guitar playing and music, and I started really paying attention to what I was listening to and what I liked, I I thought, you know, I, I think I can do this. And then I sat down and started doing it. And they suck, you know. Um, and sometimes they still suck. But... Uh, but you know, it's like anything. You just keep doing it, and you find yourself getting better and better at it. What was your first influence? What got you interested in music? Um, I, I think I, I tell most people. I mean, I always just wanted to be a guitar player. Uh, I loved Aaron, still do love Eric Clapton. He was, um, he was the guitar player that I listened to and thought I want to pick up a guitar and and do that. Um, so when I started playing guitar, that's really all I cared about. But, uh, you know, as I got a little bit older, you start actually, well, what are they saying? What does it mean? And, uh, of course now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm into Jason Isbell and Jeffrey Foucault and all these guys, singer songwriter guys. I'm more interested in the stories and the lyrics, but, uh, yeah, I think the first thing was just, I wanted to, I wanted to rock out. <laughs> I wanted to be a guitar player. <laughs> Normally, normally people say they saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, the old people. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not quite there. 
<laughs> yeah, Eric Clapton was really the first lead guitar player that I kind of emulated. And it turned out if you could play Clapton, you were well on your way to Jimmy Page because they kind of grew up in the same neighborhood. <laughs> so yeah. and you got Jeff Beck, you know, the Yardbirds yeah. guys. So. Yeah, all those guys, I mean, you know, one leads you to the other and you start listening to their influences. And, uh, and I referenced Martin Oppler earlier. I started... I found that I just enjoyed playing with my fingers. And even to this day, I'll use a pick, but I don't, uh, it just, it isn't what my first go-to. I just like the sound of my fingers and I like what I can do with the strings. So yeah, Mark Knopfler uh, really became kind of my influence. And uh, so I, I, if I try to emulate anybody on guitar, it's kind of him, uh, probably more so than anybody. That's a good one for certain. I guess the reason I don't know the content of his music, you were talking about his lyrics and stuff, is I usually listen to his guitar. And I don't even listen right, to the right. rest of it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's like Jimi Hendrix. I mean, I love some of Jimi Hendrix. Uh, you know, he's a guitar god, and, and everybody usually at some point who picks up a guitar, they at least are, if not influenced by him, they certainly are aware of him. But, but he actually wrote some very poetic you know, deep songs that are really good. <laughs> you know, what a problem to have. You're a, you're an exceptional songwriter and guitar player, and, you know, one overshadows the other. I mean... Yeah, yeah what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like anything. I took, yeah. Yeah, I took advice from... Uh, yeah. I found out, too, that most people... <laughs> most people don't know what the hell they're talking about. Uh, what's up they with that? Yeah, all this time I've been thinking, there's a secret. What is it? How do you guys do this? It turns out marketing is a blindfolded monkey with a dartboard. Nobody knows. Yeah. It's such a hit and no, miss deal. Right. Yeah, so knowing that, I still go back to, I just want to know what the package should look like. How am I going to get somebody's attention and, and respect and they'll actually listen to it and... <laughs> And ask about are you booked or whatever you know. That's the hard right. part. I don't know that I cracked the code on that yet. I was really happy that I was getting a lot of responses back. I would attribute some of that to being, um, being that I did have a professional looking website. It didn't look like I you know hacked it and and I wasn't you know hey here's my Facebook page with you know I mean it, it looked professional. But I also learned too that. I mean, I got a call literally the other day uh, from a from a girl up in Atlanta. She said, "Hey, we're I came across your email, Bruce. I sent that email out like four months ago. Oh, you yeah. know, so it just shows you that you know uh, most of what you send out never even gets looked at. It just gets buried in whatever. You I know. know. <laughs> I know that better than any. You know that movie with Bruce Willis, where the only person that can hear him is a little boy." It's called The Sixth Sense. Yeah. yeah. And it turns out at the yeah. end of the movie, he was dead, but he didn't know it. That's how I feel. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I, but I can't even find the little boy to talk to. So I'm just like telling all these people, <laughs> hey, check this out, man. Hey, I got this. And they're like, at the end of the day, nobody heard anything I said. <laughs> so maybe I'm There's dead. so much that I, I attribute to luck, timing, and then the age old. It's so true. It's just connections. It's literally running into that guy who runs into this girl who knows this guy. And then pretty soon, somehow, um, you know, I just had what was probably one of my biggest gigs, um, only because the venue, you know, it was a listening room type environment. Um, 
I have no idea how the hell I got in there, but I had a, you know, and I played to like five people, but I was stoked because the, the talent and the level of people that go through it are the people that I'm trying to become. Um, and I don't, I don't question. It. I don't know how I got in there, but I did. So. Oh, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, you know those ones where you're just playing for the bartender and the doorman. You still got to play your right. butt off. Yeah, I call it a long sound check, but you still got to take it seriously because you don't know. You don't. You just don't know. And I, but you know, I like I said, I so much of it. I made a conscious decision that and kind of what you said, a sound check. I, I was like, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to learn something. Yeah. And even if it's this. Uh, learning to connect with the audience or learning how to, I don't know, become more dynamic or set up myself. I, I'm always like, I, I don't want to just phone it in. I, because to me, that's so obvious when people do. And I'm by myself, you know, and, uh, uh, and it's hard enough to capture people's attention when you're on your own anyway. But. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, you're naked up there. That's what I do now, too. Just for the simple exactly. fact that it's so hard to put a band together at our age, I guess, at my age anyway. Sure. Everybody's got families. Now they have grandkids, you know, and they got their yeah. phones and they're all showing each other their grandkids. I don't even have any kids. So I'm like, again, yeah. count the song off, man. Let's just get going. Well, it was, you know, I mean, I hire a young drummer and uh, he was good, but then he's like playing for four bands. I'm like, I can't book anything. I don't, I don't know when the hell I can count on you. You know, that's um, too complicated. Yeah, it just got to be too much, and uh, so I, I go out. I, I do play with uh, like a, a Gretsch electric acoustic, so I can sound like a singer songwriter, but I can also, you know, hit my loop pedal and I can do Little Wing or you know, uh, some Tom Petty or something and, and kind of pull that off. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I've kind of found my little niche, you know, I, I really want to, I want to get to where I'm playing in listening rooms and doing original music, but I also love doing the covers and I just do the best I can to make them entertaining. You know, yeah, you just described me pretty well. Are these rooms that you're getting, do they pay very well? Um, you know, it seems to be, I, I talked to a friend of mine who's been doing this for a long time and you know, he's kind of gotten away from it for all the reasons you mentioned, family and everything else. And he said, what are they paying now? I said, 150, 200 bucks for three hours. And he said, he goes, that's what it was like 20, 20 years ago. I'm like, well, it's the same now. So. Yeah, there's a time warp there because guitars cost the same as they did 50 years ago too. And amplifiers and <laughs> microphones it's all the same as a time warp it's back to the sixth sense nobody's hearing anything we're saying time stopped and and we're silent yeah i, <laughs> yeah, I mean i made a hundred I, I if i play a really good gig i will make i will make almost as much or more in tips than i do the actual venue paying me i mean um so yeah i mean you know if they're offering you 150 or 200 bucks to play a, a few hours uh, and you make a hundred bucks in tips. I'm not splitting it with anybody, you know? Um, so other than my gas and, uh, you know, if I get a B and B, I was using a little RB for a while there, but, uh, you know, I wasn't looking to make money anyway. I'm just trying to get out there and, and, and do what I enjoy doing. And I'm, you know, like you said, age wise, I'm not, I'm, I'm past the age of trying to get discovered and you know become somebody. I just want to do what I love doing. So. Yeah, I came to the conclusion that uh, it's a young man's game, really. 
but there is a, a a little niche there for for I'm 66 and I'm finding that yeah if I do the right stuff and the words I say you know the stories those kind of yep. things work better than than they would have when I was 19 but I was really pretty when, when I was 19 so and I'm really gross now so <laughs> there's well, trade-offs yeah. <laughs> I I hear you I'm, I'm... You know, I have to rely on my charm and not definitely not my look. Oh, you're a good-looking guy. I saw your picture. <laughs> well, do you do you have those environments up up there where you can? I, I feel like there's a, there's portions of the country that are more suited to, you know, if you're a singer songwriter. I mean, I, I guess it's everywhere, but. Um, I hear where you're going with this. There's a niche, and you've got to find where you fit in somehow. Yeah, yeah and I, I'm just starting that. And that's why I'm going to this service, because, like I said, nothing happened. I keep telling myself, yeah, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to do that. And I never did. I wrote 100 songs. I'm good at that, but I'm crappy at promoting myself. I'm starting to find little communities, little pockets. There's a, a big pocket uh down in Louisiana, just above New Orleans, uh, where the original music is, is well promoted and they have venues that, that uh, welcome it. Um, I, I think there, the further you get up north of here, like towards Nashville, you tend to find a little bit more of it as you would expect. But um, Yeah, I'm like you. I'm just on the road to discovering it. I, I don't know. And I kind of don't mind because a lot of people my age are retiring and they don't know what the hell they're doing. And I'm like, I'm just starting yeah. out. Yeah, this is a whole... yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for you guys. Yeah. No, I'm I'm the same way. I'm actually going up to Wisconsin to to visit my mom um, for a while. And I thought, you know, while I'm up there, I'm just going to I'm going to run between Chicago and, and up to Green Bay and just kind of see what I can find, you know, and uh if I get a few gigs making 150, a couple hundred bucks, that's that'll be fine. I'll be playing in a, a new place, meeting new people, and make some new friends. Yeah. Are, are you single? No, I am married. Uh, at least at the moment, I'm a true musician. I seem to struggle with relationships. Oh God, I wrote the book. In fact, I should write a book on it. I've, I've been married three <laughs> times, and God, it got ugly. <laughs> The kid's biological father shot himself in the head. Oh, one damn thing after another. Yeah, I should be a songwriter. <laughs> God. Yeah, I, I seem to, I, I seem to have a, a pattern, and, and it just doesn't work out well for the women in my life. But, uh, but yeah, that's what my friend kind of jokes. He's like, "Yeah, you're a true musician now." <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's not what I had in mind, but uh, I guess that's yeah, exactly. the uniform I was issued, so I'm going to run with it now. And like I said, I'm 66. Maybe it's the best opportunity I've ever had in my life. No ties. You sound healthy and, and uh, vibrant and shit, Bruce. You're, uh, you know, and I mean, 60 anything, 65 is not what it was. Oh, I know. I think of my grandparents at that age. They were barely walking when they hit 70. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, now, I mean, I'm 54, but I, you know, I get up every morning and I, I go to CrossFit and go to the gym and not for any reason. And I just want to, I don't want to lose what I got, you know? That's and, uh, it. I'm going to, I'm going to use it or lose it deal. I have Dupuytren's contracture in my hands too, where they slowly go into a fist and stick that way. Oh, shit. 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm the clock's running on that too. But I'm really, I think, at the top of my game because of all those things. It made me defiant. It's like, okay, something out there doesn't want right. me to do this. Fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> That's it my attitude. Yeah. <laughs> Try to stop me. You're going to have to kill me. Yeah. I, well, I, I, you know, I, I've always said, and I feel, I, I, I firmly believe it. If, if it, if it's in you to do it, it's for a reason. You know what I mean? It's not. <laughs> you're not forcing yourself to do this. You can do it effortlessly without anybody asking you to, and, and there's a reason for that. And so I, I, I plan on doing it until I can't do it anymore. So. Okay, I'm going to use that in the interview. <laughs> <laughs> I waited all that time just for that. No, there's usually something somebody says in there that's, I think, when other people hear it, it brightens their day up. And that's kind of, yeah, kind of my I listened goal. to a couple of your, uh, your uh, podcasts this morning. And uh, I've always, uh, I, I, I started writing blogs a little bit about a year ago. And I really enjoyed that. I thought, man, the whole podcast thing is super cool. And I love listening to them. Um, I don't know the first damn thing about it, so it was just fun to kind of go in there and start listening. You got some really uh, high level talent that, that pops in on your show too. Yeah, I call them the uh, the hopefuls and the has beens. The hopefuls are the young guys, including uh -huh. me, I guess. Yeah, I'm still a hopeful. And then the has beens, <laughs> the rock and roll hall of famers and stuff, and they've got the good stories. But yeah, 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 but they're kind of jaded with the interview. They've done thousands of interviews and stuff, so they're you know. But they're the easiest, you know. Like uh, yeah. Mar Mark Farner, I just ask him a question, and I think he was sitting on a Lazy Boy recliner. Uh, <laughs> he just took off and talked for an hour without taking a breath. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and other ones, you ask a question, and they'll say, "Yeah." Yeah, <laughs> and when the cr yeah, yeah, the crickets come in, yeah, the compressors making the low sounds come in, so the crickets get louder and louder. <laughs> but it's been fun. I have to say this: everybody is so they're on their A game when they talk to me. It's they're respectful, and, uh, and nobody's gotten on there and said crappy stuff about anybody or anything like that. So it kind of oh. renews your uh, confidence in mankind, I guess, in a way. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, Bruce. I uh, and you've been doing this for a long time, and I'm I'm I feel like I'm probably where I should have been when I was 25. Um, but I'm but I'm I'm at that point where I should have been at 25, but with the wisdom of a, of a 54 year old, and I love it. I mean, I meet people, and I'm just like, yeah, come talk to me in about 10 to 15 years. Um, you know, I don't want to shoot down their dreams and their hopes, but you know, the world the world is a hard place. <laughs> and, uh, and but I just love meeting everybody, and they all have a different outlook and a different perspective. And uh, most of the musicians I meet are genuinely just really good people, just passionate about the art of it. There's the few that I have met that are they're in it for the, the glorification of themselves. They just don't last very long. No, and, I was going to say that's hard to sustain. Cause I think after a while reality hits and you're not as damn cool as you thought you were. Exactly. Yeah. There, you, you find somebody, you know, I, I, we were talking about Eric Clapton earlier, you know, and I love reading his biography when he, when he met, uh, Jimi Hendrix, you know, and, yeah. uh, over there in England, Jimi Hendrix just blew his doors off, and he was and he was God, you know. I mean, 
Well, and he can talk about it now at, you know, 77 or however old he is, but he can talk about it now and laugh and go, the guy was just better than me. But I'm sure back then, that was a lot of ego to have to deal with. Again, thanks for your time. Yes, sir. Bruce, thank you so much, man. I had a, I had a good time. Okay. Well, you take care. We'll talk soon. Make a better stay in Listening to the Better Each Day Podcast Radio Show with Bruce Hilliard. We'll be back with a new horizon, but until then, honor the future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. And we're all just trying to make the next day a bit better. <laughs>